Welcome to Relationships Reclaimed, where we talk about anything and everything relationship-related with Ariane and Vicki. Oh, goodness. Goodness me. Okay, lovely listeners, we have a special guest for you today. <laughs> she is Ooh. returning. Uh, today we have Miss Jody Francis. She was here on our uh podcast about I think it was in January where we talked about relationship with race and so I'm going to reintroduce her so Jody Francis is a diversity equity and inclusion professional and she is also one of my amazing dearest friends and today she's here to talk with us about relationship with mental health so, Jody, welcome back to Relationships Reclaimed. Hello. Thank you. It's great to be back. I love sharing space with you ladies. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we loved having you on our sh- our uh, show. Our show. What is yeah. it? Yeah. Show. Podcast, a show. Yeah. It's whatever. Um, And we got so much feedback from our last conversation around relationship with race. And it was very eye-opening for myself. Um, I know I think he's nodding as well. And so it was really, I couldn't wait to have you back. Yeah. yeah. You're such a wise individual. Oh, (laughs) I was surprised (laughs) to uh, get a lot of feedback as well. So, and some of it was surprising from people I hadn't heard from in a long time, uh, reaching out to me saying, thank you. And uh, I just actually continue to hear from people. A friend's daughter recently told me she listened wow. to it and thought it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you two having this space for important conversations mm-hmm. to happen. So welcome. Aww, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we Vicky, do. we do good work. You do. <laughs> Uh, provide a really safe, inviting environment. I love that. Oh, thank you. Mm, thanks. Oh, mental health. Okay. That is a big topic yeah. and one that we love, all three of us, yeah. I think. Don't we love that topic? <laughs> yeah. We all so. took similar yeah. training <laughs> for some different lengths of time. Yeah. 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 So, do you want to share, Jody, a little uh, bit about like um, what your relationship is um, right now with mental health, and then maybe we can go back and kind of where did it begin and where where was it? Yeah. Prior. Well, I'm going to sound like a nerd here because I think mental health is everything. <laughs> Mm -hmm. totally I would agree with you like what is not rooted in our own mental health right what's not rooted our relationships Mm -hmm. are rooted in our mental health our decision making is rooted in our our mental health how we care for our bodies and our minds and all of that is rooted in mental health and so um, I think it's the most important relationship that we have Um, yes yeah, and I think that it is a relationship. I'm excited and really happy to see that this relationship is coming more to the forefront in media. And as we see um, more famous people and influencers, too, alike, just opening up about their own struggles with mental health. Um, and some, like, also with their victories around mental health. And so... I think that um, is exciting 
it makes me happy for generations to come because I know it's not an easy path or it hasn't been an easy path for the, for our generation and then the generations that go before. And so for your listeners, I'll just say that I'm 50, um, or 49 and will be 50 this year. And I know mental health wasn't even a conversation for my mom. Right. And then it really was, it was a mental health was talked about for me in terms of like, what's wrong with you? You need a therapist, (laughs) you know? And then there's that. Really? So, so someone actually said that to you, like your, was it your parents or who said to you, what's wrong with you? You need a therapist. Um, well, it wasn't really what's wrong with you. You need a therapist. It was like something is wrong with you. And we tried casting demons out of you and that didn't work. Um, right. So I know this. I know this about you. Yeah. Yes. And so yes. then they had me start talking to like a counselor at church. Oh, <clears throat> not helpful. Um, no. Yeah. yeah. And that is so, like for. for wow our generation and the generation prior, I think that um, culture and religion really did play a part and Mm -hmm. almost um, suppress uh, the need for mental health um, support, right? Like it, um, you know, it, it didn't kind of, it kind of distracted from what was really going on. Not always, but I think that Mm -hmm. it was pretty prevalent. Yeah. But it can. I think yeah. it's distorted in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Um, but at the same time, I think the church, I'm going to say the church, uh, in like a generic mm-hmm. term, places mm-hmm. of worship or communities were essentially designed to be places of community support. Right. And so yeah. it wasn't entirely off base, right, for somebody, um, of a different generation to seek help within the church, right. within that community, because that is yeah. really what churches were designed to do. And yes. I think what we've learned is that churches cannot meet all needs. Yeah. Just like, um, I think that yeah, you yeah, bring up a really good point there is that um, not just with, um, you know, the church or, you know, places of worship, um, but just in general mental health, that sometimes we need a team of support and often we need a team of support, right? That it's not just, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go to the church and they're going to help me and support me. And sure they might, but you're not addressing everything else that's going on. So maybe you need someone mm-hmm. else, like even if it's a good friend or um, someone that you can just talk to or a your doctor. family doctor or a naturopath or yeah. a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not all of those help your mental health, right? That it's not just mm-hmm. when we limit ourselves to one direction, um, we're not seeing all of us, right? We're not tapping into our true potential and um, uh, passion, not passion, purpose, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it needs to be holistic, meaning like looking at yourself and take caring of yourself, taking care of yourself as a yeah. as a whole, mm-hmm. and not one professional can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel exactly. Well, I think it's like if you're going to build a house, you're not going to have the plumber do the cabinets. Exactly. 
Oh, well, that's good to know. I'm making a note of that now. (laughs) Right? That's so true. It's true. Yeah. But at the same time, I do want to say this just because I have been a person who hasn't had access to professional mental health all the time. Mm. And so, you know, to, to say, you know, there's all these, you need to see all this kaleidoscope of doctors and this kaleidoscope of professionals. Not everybody has the resources to do that and not everybody has the access in order to do that. And so mm-hmm. that's something I think that's really important to keep in mind when we have the conversation about mental yeah. health, because it's not easy right. to, for everybody. In fact, I think that we're, it, we're not the majority. Yeah. I think, yeah, right. I totally. That, yeah. That's a good point to make. And, and, and really maybe it's more about doing what you can do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And as much as you can do mm-hmm. with the resources and that's that you why, have. Like, I, I think that not singling it to just professionals for help, because um, in my experience, um, it's not just professionals that have contributed to my um, health of my mental health. Right. So it could be, you know, my partner, knowing that I have him mm-hmm. supporting me um, has really mm-hmm. benefited my mental health. Someone I could talk to. Ariane, I mean, you're a friend. Yes, you are mm-hmm. a therapist as well, but your friendship is where I've had a lot of support um, with my mental health. Mm-hmm. And so we don't necessarily need professionals to be a part of our network, um, you know, mm-hmm. to promote our, our well-being, right? And yeah. um, I mean, it's great when you do have access, but I think you're totally right, Jody, in the sense that, you know, some people don't have benefits. So going and mm-hmm. having therapy, maybe they can't afford it, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. And it's still, it's not a priority for, you know, and again, I'll make the distinction that I'm in the United States. So my daughter is under a different type of health coverage than I am, and she doesn't have mental health coverage. So all of the, like, if she wants to see a therapist, which we have, which she's doing, it paid for out of pocket and not everybody just has those types of resources and so I wanted to make that distinction um and make and have take the opportunity like you were doing to talk about other resources that are available Mm -hmm. to people which is making sure that we have um relationships around us you know that are supportive of our mental health and also I will say one of the things in my life that has been incredibly influential influential is books. Mm. I have devoured so many books over my lifetime. And I think a lot of times people give self-help books like a little bit of a bad rap, but I have literally learned to do so many things because of books. And I think all of, you know, now kids have YouTube, not that everything on YouTube or Snapchat or whatever is um, TikTok. TikTok is truthful or beneficial, but mm-hmm. they are resources that are available that are um, free. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and I do see that um, in my own kids uh, utilizing um, that that kind of resources um, because that feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. So even beyond whether you can afford it or have access to it. What is important to you and where do you align? Right. Like I think of my daughter and she's like, I don't, I don't get anything out of therapy. 
It, it's not working for me. And so she doesn't want to go to therapy. Okay. So she does her own work. She's like comes up with her own plans and she researches and goes on YouTube or goes on the internet and, you know, and does some reading and that kind of thing. And then we work together to create a plan. So I think that really checking out what um, is supportive of you, right? And, you know, where mm-hmm. do you align? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also important to say like, yes, it's good. So I'm going to go back to the professional piece, though, because I think it is important that if you can have a professional to help you, that that is something that that is really beneficial because to only have peers mm-hmm. as your support mm-hmm. isn't always just enough. Like, it's just really not. No. And sometimes it can be unfair. I'm going to say that to the peer. To, yeah, it, yeah, it can be unfair to everyone, mm-hmm. right? If all I'm doing is relying on my friends to support me in ways that they don't know how, that's also a lot of pressure yeah. for them, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it is important that we do our due diligence and look at what we can, how we can support ourselves in um, a diverse way as well. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is really prevalent for teenagers, right? That there's been seen, um, I think, who was it? Newfeld, Gordon Newfeld. Yeah, he had witnessed um, what was going on and how come suicidal rates were up and um, Mm -hmm. in children and in youth. So it started quite early Mm -hmm. and it's been the past, I think, 60, 70 years, um, that this has just increased exponentially. And part of the problem was exactly what you're saying there, Ariane, is in the sense of um, a teenager going to their peers for support. They're both at the same developmental mm-hmm. stage, right? And so yeah. they don't support each other. And it's a dog-eat-dog world, really, as a teenager. So yeah. if you're having issues... Um, with your mental health and it doesn't align with the rest of the group, you're going to be singled out. You're, and then where are you at? Mm-hmm. The suicidal rates will go up. Your mental health will go down. Yeah. You know, so, um, so the, you're at that same level. So that makes sense. Right. And there's that attachment that might yeah. be there as well. And mm-hmm. like, I think about who I was in my teens, like, I would feel like I need to apologize to all my friends if they were relying on me for their their only support because I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, and and I do think because in therapy, at least we know that what we're trying to do is build a healthy and secure attachment. And like you said, like Gordon Newfeld, he came up with the attachment theory. Mm-hmm. And if that's not being created within a, a person, then that that is where mental health declines quickly. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, no one's disagreeing with you. I think that it's incredibly important to seek professional Mm -hmm. help if you can. Yeah. And um, diverse, diverse professional help. Mm -hmm. And as we're talking about therapists, I will say finding a therapist is not always easy as well. And so it takes a little bit of persistence to find a therapist who works for you and to, I think that you feel a connection to and a safety with. Um, 
and uh, finding somebody who has the right skills to specifically yeah. meet the needs that you have is, is, is difficult. Yeah. And I've seen that even with my daughter, you know, she's gone to therapists and therapists and she hasn't liked them, you know, and I'm like, okay, we just have to go find a different therapist. You know, it's yeah. not like, okay, let's give up. It's like, okay, let's, you know, That's the go find hardest therapist. Process, right. Like it is. Yeah, it really it can, can be. be. Yeah. I know it was for me. Like when I started, um, you know, working on my mental health, um, well, it was at, my kids were, I think, four and two. Um, so that was, you know, 12 years ago. So not that long ago, really, in the scheme of my life. So I'm 46. And um, yeah, so at that time, it was super scary for me. It was like, I'd never been to a therapist. Um, I didn't know what happened there. Um, I had lots of trauma that um, I was terrified of speaking about, because I hadn't spoke to anybody about it. And so even searching for one online, because that's where I was doing it. I was searching online for someone um, was challenging. And then making that phone call. Oh my gosh. Like it was like so terrifying Um, and how it ended up going because I actually couldn't make the call. I would see some that specialized in where I wanted to work and I, I couldn't even make the call. I ended up, um, talking with a psychologist that I was going to to help my son with his um, being on the spectrum. And so that I started to develop that trust there where I could eventually go to her and um, start getting therapy from her. But that first step of finding somebody and then if that fails, like if you've had a consult or if you had some sessions and it didn't go well, which I've heard lots of cases of, you know, mm-hmm. really heartbreaking situations of people not being uh, seen or heard or supported. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to have to try it again with the possibility of that going bad again. Like it just, mm-hmm. I just really want to make yeah. a note of how difficult the beginning process can be yeah it's brave it's brave and a brave and courageous step for people who do take it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's Mm -hmm. just it's disheartening because you're you're I mean in a sense you're looking for help and you're putting yourself in a really vulnerable situation um and then it's disheartening when it doesn't work out sometimes it can be scary sometimes you know I was on in the car when my daughter was having a, an appointment with her therapist and her therapist said, I think you just need to be happier. And I was like, Oh, we're done now. Like this is, you need to tell her to shut the fuck up and get off the phone. Yes. Right. <laughs> like motioning at my daughter. <laughs> that's oh my gosh. Not, that's not therapy. Is she 16? No. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. But, but yeah. It's just like, we're, we're done. And you know, my daughter had been saying like, I don't really feel like this therapist is very helpful. And I was like, right. okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, and so then she's like, Oh, I don't want to start over. Yeah. Cause you're starting over, you know, like you're saying, Vicky, it's like, Oh, I have to start over 
tell somebody new my story or a little bit about myself or what my problem is or maybe my deepest darkest fear or secret or whatever that is yeah and do it all over again because you're yeah it's building a relationship and rapport right and and sometimes that experience can actually activate or re-traumatize an individual right someone who's seeking help um like if it goes poorly um it can activate your nervous system to an extent where um, it's detrimental, actually, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had, um, when my marriage started and to go downhill, I um, decided to go see someone and I, I think I went to him for three or three sessions and he late. <laughs> He labeled me, which you and I, we've had this, we just had this conversation before. (laughs) We had this conversation before um, we started recording and we talked, we're talking about labels and stuff. And and, uh, I was telling listeners, I was telling Jody and Vicky that I hate being labeled. Like it is just, you do not do it to me. I don't, I don't do well with labels. And he labeled me. I can't remember what he labeled me as. And here I am in these therapy sessions trying to work on my marriage without my husband there, mm-hmm. right? And he's essentially telling me that because I'm this label and he's, he seems to be this label without even knowing him, that there's no really way that we're probably going to work. And so then he got me to read a book. So I gra- I bought this book and I read the first page and it, it, it upset me so much because it was all about this label and I threw it out. Like mm-hmm. I threw it out. I, just, I hucked it into the garbage and I just felt terrible about myself. And so that repeated a cycle of what I was already experiencing because I was already experiencing myself as a failure mm-hmm. and as someone who was not a good enough and didn't deserve mm-hmm. to be happy. You know, and it was tough. And when I told him that I wasn't coming back, or I think I said my marriage is ending. He goes, yeah, I figured that it was heading that way anyways. And he's like, let me know if you need support in that. And I was like, Not from there's you. no way in fucking hell. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Like, no, you know. And then I did find the most amazing therapist, right? And I, and yeah, and she's, I've been with her for I don't know, seven or eight years now, mm-hmm. you know, and we've built, she knows me really, really well. So, and I have learned about myself so much through seeing her. And that has been like such a big gift for me. And it mm-hmm. can happen in the middle too. So uh, an experience that I had was um, I was seeing a therapist that I really loved. Um However, it was at the beginning of me becoming a therapist. And I thought, you know what, I'm doing really good, but I want to try a different avenue. And so when I can do my own work around creative expression, um, then I can better help my clients with the um, creative expression within therapy, right? So um, I wanted to find a therapist that could do that for me. So I found one. And um, I was in a really dark place, a really bad place at that time. And throughout my life, trust has been a big hurdle for me to trust people, to um, trust myself, all of that kind of stuff. And at 
a certain point, I can't remember how many sessions I've had with her, but at a certain point, I brought something that was really difficult for me to bring. And um, her reaction was more in benefit of her than me. And it completely mm-hmm. broke that trust and re-traumatized me to the level of, um, you know, just a horrible place that eventually, I believe, affected my health and where I am with my health right now. Yeah. Um, not just mental health, mm. but my physical health all stemmed from that moment. So that was a huge impact in my life. And so it can happen in the middle, right? Like when we transition maybe mm-hmm. to another one, maybe a therapist that you had ends up moving and um, you need to find a new therapist. You know, it, it can be really challenging. Um, and I bring this up more so that, um, you know, it, it, things like this can happen. I don't want to deter people from seeking help because of the, these scenarios. I mean, we're all unique and we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And it sometimes takes a long time to find a good therapist. But when you do find that mm-hmm. that therapist, um, it's a beautiful thing. And it can change your mm-hmm. life in a way that... Yeah, is really meaningful and brings so much life back to you. Right. So I I just really Mm -hmm. don't want people to kind of not seek help because of the stories that we're telling here. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing about mental health is committing to it. Yeah. Because um, it's a difficult, you know, it's a difficult journey. It's also an incredibly rewarding journey. It's a meaningful journey. It's the most impactful journey that you will have, um, I believe. And so for me, I think even in terms of like looking for people I'm going to have relationships with, um, you know, I wanted to find somebody who was equally committed to their mental health. And Mm -hmm. understanding that this person doesn't need to be a perfect person um, because I'm not a perfect person, Mm -hmm. but just wanting that person to be seeking evolution for themselves and growth and a commitment to mental health. And also it comes like with an understanding too, that I'm okay with resources being used for your mental health. Whether that's like monetary resources, whether that's money, whether that's time, whether, you know, whatever that looks like, I'm going to support that. And I need somebody in my life who's also going to support that. And I think I love that. I really think that the the most beneficial thing is committing to yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you will continue to seek, you know, whatever you want to call it, support, help, growth understanding and that doesn't mean I've taken tons of breaks from therapy you know I always say like I don't know if this is a good thing about me or a bad thing about me because I've essentially been in therapy my whole life but I have taken breaks (laughs) (laughs) I I love that you you know said what do I want from a therapist right like what what am I seeking in a therapist, because sometimes we don't know. So asking that question, I think, could be really valuable and speed up the process to find somebody that actually is a fit for you. 
Um, did you find that, mm-hmm. that, you know, looking at what you wanted um, helped you find the person that was right for you? Um, yes, for sure. In terms of finding a therapist, okay. I think, you know, it's a little hard as I, as I spoke to you last time I was a guest. It's really hard to find therapists who are people of color. Um, it's not something that we talk about very often. Um, but you know, it's maybe 1% of therapists are Asian, you know, are Asian therapists specifically. And I, my daughter really wanted to see somebody who was Asian. She wanted to see a female Asian therapist and we didn't find one Mm. and that could see her. Um, we, we found Mm. like 10 in the city we were living in at the time and none of them were available to see her. Um, and also for me, I've never been able to find a therapist who is adopted and, and a person of color. Um, and the, and, you know, I bring this up also to say like in therapy, one of the main things that are taught that for a long time was talked about was being adopted issues around abandonment, issues around trust, issues around being a person of color, blah, blah. And here I am constantly having to rely on somebody who has no life experience whatsoever with um, my life experience. And, and it's, um, it's something that I've always, always had to deal with. And, you know, I don't want to say deal with, but it's something that's always been there, whether it's, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a friend, it really doesn't matter who it is. Um, How was that? Not a lot of like. That. I mean, it sounds like really challenging, isolating. <laughs> yeah, isolating. That's a good word for it. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. really isolating. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. Vicky, I in the middle of therapy, things can change too. You can find a really great therapist. And last time I was here, we spoke a little bit about. Um, when George Floyd was murdered. And when that mm-hmm. happened, I decided I wanted to see a different therapist. Mm. Um, because, and I shouldn't say exactly when that happened, but around that time, I realized, like, I want to see a different therapist, a therapist that I felt like I could um, connect with in terms of racial issues and um rage mm. I had so much fucking rage um yeah and I just didn't feel comfortable where I was at right were you uh. able to find someone no, no I never did oh. yeah it's um, really heartbreaking so. to hear Jody. <clears throat> yeah I mean I did actually find some resource groups which kind of brings the conversation full circle there are a lot of resources available now too that haven't always been available and so I did yeah. find some resource groups for adoptees mm. uh, I found some meetup groups for adoptees and because it was during the pandemic everyone was doing it on zoom and so you know I was meeting mm. with a group from Minnesota I was meeting with the group and so it didn't really hinder um, my ability to join those groups where in the past a lot of them were meeting in person. Right. So it really opened up um, more opportunity in terms of seeing broader 
resources available that you mm-hmm. can connect with. I, I so, love that. And yeah. I can relate to that, Jody. Yeah. Um, in the sense yeah. of um, my physical ailments. So the, I have angliosis spondylitis um, and some other arthritis. Um, but there, I started um, or I joined a group specializing um, with people that are experiencing the same kind of um, health issues. And it's so nice to have a group that understands you, right? Like that, you know, mm-hmm. for myself, like the fatigue that just can be overwhelming and the pain and the lack of function and, you know, the different medications that work and then they don't work. And, you know, that whole journey, um, having someone else that understands that experience is, can be so helpful in your mental health. Like it just, mm-hmm. and where I don't have to be a therapist, I don't have to lead it. Like I can just be yeah. in it. Although I tend to want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's so, so hard. hard right? It's, it's so, so hard. Um, yeah. So yeah hard. I just wanted to be in a group there. I can really, I can relate to that as soon as you said resource, because I've not like that's I have a great tribe, like my friend group is quite beautiful. And I have I take a lot of um, moments throughout the days to be grateful for the support group that I have. And it's taken a lot of work to get to where I am with them. But there's pieces in my life that not everyone can help me with because um, they don't experience the same thing. And one of the pieces was around, um, so I've not talked about this publicly. (laughs) I'm having a moment. Check in with yourself if you want. I didn't think I was going to. I do. I actually do. And it's going to be hard to talk about but it has really affected my mental health my whole life. And um, so what I experienced was, um, so I was a, a twin and uh, my, um, my twin didn't make it, right? So um, my mom miscarried and it was a very confusing, without going into the story, it was a very confusing experience for me. And I have not had the capacity or the ability to look at that loss head on until just recently. And it's come in bits and pieces as I've been doing all of this work for myself. But the mental health issues that I've had surrounding it has been really huge because I carry survivor's guilt, which I didn't know about until I don't know how many years ago. Um, it's called, so what I'm experiencing is it's called vanishing twin syndrome. And I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where I actually just Googled it for the first time. And I found an article written by a therapist who had also experienced something similar. And so everything that she talked about in the article really made me feel normal. Yeah. It normalized it for me. And it made me feel even to the point where she said, if you feel confused around this, that is, that is actually normal. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Right. And then I did find um, a group. I found a group that, and I haven't made myself visible in the group because I just, I'm not sure that I want to or need to, but what I got out of it was 
that I'm not alone because these there are so many people in the world that have experienced something similar to me and and it was really impactful and and I really feel like since I had some of that information and then Vicky helped me a few weeks ago with this as well cuz I was really struggling with it it has really changed my mental health that and hormone replacement <laughs> therapy we could talk about <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, for both. But those but the hor- and hormone the, therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I I will say the hormone replacement therapy helped me be able like getting on that because my mental health was declining. Like it was at an all-time low. Um it was at an all-time low for sure and oh, I couldn't I couldn't get out of it. And then I went on hormone replacement therapy. And then I think that gave me the ability to actually look at what this was for me, right? And how, how it's been impacting me my whole life. And uh, it resourced me so that I could look at it. So it's been really, I mean, the last month has been quite fascinating in my world. It's quite, and quite large, quite big. Like, um, well, first I want to acknowledge you actually speaking to this because I know how tender Thank you. that is and vulnerable mm-hmm. um, it might feel for you yeah. to be bringing that forward. I'm sure it will yeah. hit me later and before we go live, I'll be like, yeah. damn it. And you have it. the resources but to be able to connect. Yeah, I do. Um, but I, I yeah. want to adjust, like you, you named three things. Um, you know, you discovered something new, you noticed something. And like Jody was saying about reading, you then went on and read this article, right? So these are other resources mm-hmm. that you accessed that weren't a professional um, that you were seeing. Yeah. And then you, um, through the reading, discovered uh, a group that could support you. So I mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. looking for those other resources in um, and, and relationship yeah. to it. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, yeah that, that speaks to the commitment to self. The commitment to yes. self, and to I mean, mental health. I mean, I am committed. Like, oh, yeah. I have a commitment <laughs> issue. I am a commitment phobe, but I am not committed. I'm not, I am not scared of being yeah. committed to my own mental health. That has been that has been my my world, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And so, but yeah, the question I have yeah. maybe um, for both of you is, um, and we heard a little bit um, from I think both of you about the result of being committed to your mental health and finding access um, to that support or to that um, community that um, supports you. I'm using support a lot, support, support, support. But what is, what has been the result of that commitment? Go first, Jody. Meaningful relationship, um, mm-hmm. authentic connection, um, knowing myself, mm-hmm. knowing what I need, having language to communicate what I need. Um, I think this the answer to your question I peace Mm -hmm. (laughs) internal peace Mm -hmm. um healing supported and not you know feeling a sense of being grounded in myself um 
And I think, you know, really what we're saying is any one individual has a lot of, has, we have a lot of needs and they aren't necessarily met just through one avenue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think if one avenue isn't working, then to seek out another avenue and, and to continue because nobody deserves to be fought more for than yourself. Totally. Mm. Beautiful. I love that statement. You know, and the result of that will be astounding. You are worth, mm-hmm. you will astound yourself. You're worth that commitment. Like you are, you matter mm-hmm. to the world. And I think that what the gifts that we receive and the result that you're talking about is also what you're giving back to others, mm-hmm. right? So you are a gift mm-hmm. with the people that you love, your community, the world, in fact, right? Because it ripples out. Um, so yeah. it's a win-win when we can be committed to our mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, a lot for me is to just like not living in fear. And um, I didn't actually even know how much fear was controlling my life. You know, whether it's like fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, um, fear of being in the spotlight, uh, fear of having people look at me, fear, you know, just fear, 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 fear. And so much of my life I had organized as a way to avoid all of these things that I was fear fearful of. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that's bad. I actually want to give myself some fucking credit for doing that. You know, yes. we're smart. You know, totally. that's yes. not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but now I'm aware of it. And so I feel like I can be even smarter about how I engage with the world and, um, and not recognizing also that a lot of that fear came from my child, mm. you know, and um, I don't need to have that fear anymore. Yeah. It was a response that I had, I had as a child and um, I was afraid that the same things were going to happen again that happened in my childhood. And mm-hmm. I didn't have the resources I needed as a child to survive those things. And so, of course, I was afraid they were going to happen. Um, and so I think now it's really understanding I I am deeply resourced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, whether it's my mental health or my community or professionals that I've hired, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Love and that. so I can Love engage that. in the world in a different way, with the world in a mm-hmm. different way, in a way that I want to. And uh, yeah. I feel a lot more agency. I feel a lot more in control. Um, and I feel like I'm living the life that I want to live, not the life that I have. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jody. Mm-hmm. You want to share? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to follow that. Agree, 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 agree. <laughs> yes, all yeah. of that. That's why I go second, Jody. If you listen to our podcast before, <laughs> it's like, Vicky, you go first and then I will talk. Did you change right, that right on your coach? Because you were like, no, I want to go first. I know I'm I did. Like, <laughs> I did. Like me, me, me. Yes. Um, I would say the benefits, the benefits. Um, for me, I think the biggest piece is my relationship with myself. 
because I can honestly say I really hated who I was. I believed myself to be a really terrible human being. Uh, I believed myself to be a bad person, someone that didn't deserve to live. You know, I, I really believed so much about myself that wasn't true. And I, and living from those mistaken beliefs and those limiting beliefs, I, it was, it was hard. It was every day was a battle. It was like I had to justify the way that I lived. It had to justify having this life, taking a breath, each breath, right? And it was, it was exhausting. It was beyond exhausting. And I don't think it was living. It was just surviving and fighting. And so for me, it's been about building a loving relationship with myself. And granted, it doesn't always feel loving. That's going to be work in progress probably for, I don't know, my whole life. But I have more moments now where I can tap into more of the truth of who I am, right? That I am deserving of this life, that I am good enough, and that I am uh, how I show up in the world I can be proud of. And not because I'm hustling to prove my existence, but because of who I am in each moment, right? And how I show up in my relationships with others and how I show up for myself, that has been uh, really different and very impactful for me. I always tell my clients, this, re- this work is not easy. Like, I don't want anyone to think it's easy. It's hard because... You know, looking at my wounds, looking at the trauma, I had to actually peel back layers and layers of trauma, which I didn't even realize I had trauma. And I had a very, very extremely traumatic. The reality a lot is, of trauma. is life cannot exist without trauma. We all experience either residual yeah. trauma or personal trauma or intergenerational yes. trauma. Like it is a part of our life, yeah. right? And so um, we yeah. all have it to some degree. Some more yeah. than others. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so for me to acknowledge that, right, and to actually be able to say that that what happened to me wasn't okay, to count myself in enough to say that has been, I mean, and it's still, it's still um, something, a journey for me to not minimize things because that's what I've been kind of taught to do. But I'm learning. And I love that part of me that is like, yeah, I'm learning and I still will learn until that my last dying breath, I will be learning. And I love that part about myself. So I and I can love the pieces. I can love the parts of me that that are that have created coping strategies. Right. I can love the parts of me that have not shown up that great because I'm not perfect and I don't want to be perfect. (laughs) Right. Because I, I want to love all of me. I want to know that all of myself and all of the parts of me are welcomed in this world. Right. And I, cause I wanted to see myself through the eyes of my closest friends. And now I, I'm, I'm definitely more there than I ever have been. And so that, that's the benefits. Right. And that ripples out into my relationships. And I think that's why I have such an amazing tribe as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to both of you. So for my, like what the result of the work that I've put in and the commitment that I put in, um, oh my gosh, I'm not such a perfectionist. I'm not, 
so <laughs> elevated with anxiety that I'm going to be doing something wrong. Um, so I feel a lot freer to just like, mm-hmm. I'll deal with it if it happens, but it's, I don't have to make everything a big deal. Um, my brain does not race and ruminate as much as it used to. In fact, like I find that my brain is pretty empty sometimes and it feels amazing. It really does. It's like, yeah. uh, like great. It feeling. really is. Um, and so that piece that you were talking about, Jody, that definitely in that ease um, has developed because of the the commitment mm. and the the releasing of the thoughts and, you know, not catastrophizing because I would catastrophize because what I knew and how I coped was um, functioning in crisis was easy for me when things were good was hard for me, which maybe sounds bizarre, but that's how I operated. And then I also Mm -hmm. had some rules that went on top of that of, you know, it's not okay to be upset or be vulnerable or, you know, be struggling with my emotions, be depressed, be sad, all of those kind of things, right? It was a very solitude place for me. You go deal with it on your own. You don't bring it to everybody else. You support everybody else. And so I really learned to um, be with myself, even in those terrible places of sadness or loneliness or grief or, you know, mental pain. Right. And that there was purpose there. Right. I think Mm -hmm. that was the biggest uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned is that this pain I need to acknowledge and own it because there is purpose there. And until I own it, I can't do anything about it, right? Then it becomes this big suffering life for me. And I don't want that. And I don't want that for my family or loved ones or friends or, you know, I want to be able to, you know, accept every part of me, like you said, Ariane, right? And so that went into that loving place? How do I love myself um, even in those dark places, right? And using my voice. So that has always been a tr- like a struggle for me to reach out for support and actually use my voice in what's going on for me. Um, I always believed I had to deal with it on my own, right? And so where I'm at now, it's like I'm struggling and I reach out or I book a therapy session or, you know, I talk to my husband, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm more able to do that with um, less fear, like you were saying, Jody, less fear about doing that because I could start to trust now, trust in myself and trust in the people and the network that I had developed. So it really changed my life, the commitment, I have to say. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Life changing. <laughs> Three like life changers right here in the room. Like it's cool. <laughs> I feel very honored to be yeah. sitting here with you both. And myself. Yeah, and yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And so I hope yeah. that our audience, our listeners can hear that it's worth it, right? To be committed, to yeah. find the mental health support that you need, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, whatever that is. I wanted to actually yeah. um, just note, because I remember when I started on my path, people kept talking about resources. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean in relationship to mm-hmm. my mental health? I have no freaking idea, right? Because I was never resourced before. I was just strategizing and coping, right? And so um, I thought that maybe we could just talk a little bit about what are resources. And I have um, something I wrote up actually on my Instagram, um, and it's from Laurel Parnell's um, teachings and books. Um, so I'm just going to read what the definition of a resource is, and then we can maybe talk about it, um, what they are. So uh, resources are people, places, images, qualities, memories, and experiences, real or imaginary, that we can draw upon to develop resilience. Resources may include inherent qualities such as love and wisdom and joy, um, so that's her definition, okay, of resources, which I really mm-hmm. love that definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense to me now, right? It's like, oh, right, okay. So I can imagine some place that feels really good, and that's actually a resource. Cool. I don't mm-hmm. actually have mm-hmm. to have a therapist as a, I mean, there are great therapists, are great resources yeah. as well. But my imagination can actually develop a resource in itself, too. So that was really empowering Mm -hmm. for me to um, Mm. discover what resources were and that I I could develop them um, in my own psyche, in my own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Jody. I am. Just so we're not talking (laughs) over each other. (laughs) Jody. I am. am. Actually, so um, I think one of the really early resources that I had, I think, of course, there's the imagination Mm -hmm. that children have. And I think that they, children, um, use their imagination as a resource quite often. Um, But one of the other early resources that I had was writing. And I would go into my closet and I would write in my closet in my journal. Um, and I saved a number of those journals and God, it's cringy to read them. Um, I mean, sometimes it's cringy and sometimes I, it just makes me want to cry for this little person who was writing them. Um, and sometimes I'm embarrassed and there's the whole range, but for me, writing has always been a really incredible resource and it's, it's free. Um, I've been able to process a lot. I've been able to, and not even always in the moment I'll be processing, but I won't necessarily see what's happening until I go back. And sometimes I go back a week later, a day later, a year later, three years later, and I see what's really going on for me in the time and at Mm -hmm. the time. And I, I think, you know, we often talk about like this work is really hard. We're saying it's rewarding and we're saying it's hard. I do want to say like one of the things people often say is hard. is like, you're going to have to, you're going to see yourself and you're not necessarily going to like what you see. And I feel like that people say that a lot. And I actually feel that what has happened for me is I have seen myself and I have been able to give myself compassion. Mm, Thanks. 
um, in a way that I was not able to give myself prior to understanding why I was doing what I was doing, what was motivating me, what's the, you know, like, what's, there's a reason people do what they do, mm-hmm. you know, yourself included. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of this work is figuring out what that reason is. Yes. Why, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I responding the way I'm responding? Why am I looking at something the way I'm looking at it? And um, so a lot of that for me, I've been able to give myself more compassion for instead of like not liking what I've seen. Some of the some of what I've seen has been equally comfortable, uncomfortable now as it was when I, I did it. But now I can have compassion right. for why I did what I did right. and understanding and love and empathy for her. So what was the resource mm-hmm. that you used here, Jody? Was it the writing um, that got you there? A lot of okay. writing. Was there any other resources that mm-hmm. helped you um, get to that point of compassion for yourself? Um, I mean, a lot. I also really have all these mantras that I use and have used throughout my life. Um, and one of them that has been helpful really is, is just like, you're, you're gonna, I have you. I'm like speaking to myself, my younger self. And I'm saying, I've got you. Like, it's going to be okay. I understand why you're scared. I understand why you're this. I understand why you're angry. I understand why you don't want to do that. And it's okay. And I've got you and you can do it now. Mm. Lovely. You know, um, not that that's entirely the answer to the question. But it's that self-talk, right? I think that is a, a good resource because so many of us beat ourselves up and our self-talk is pretty horrific actually right oh, like yeah. I should know better why mm-hmm. the heck am I doing this I shouldn't be angry like lots of shoulds and um instead mm-hmm. like flipping that around going oh I understand myself here I get myself. yeah and that resource is that's a resource mm-hmm. self-talk it's a huge resource meditation mm-hmm. is a huge resource I've got a a friend she says her joke is kind of like the answer is therapy so people will ask her something and she's always like therapy you know, like that's the answer. Therapy, <laughs> therapy. And I'm like, I agree with that. But at the same time, I always tell her, you know what I say? Meditation. Mm. And that's also, you know, something that is a resource that is free. Um, but I've really learned, like you were saying, Vicki, to quiet my mind. And as I've been able to quiet my mind, quiet my body, to take agency of my own body, to feel my own body to listen to my own body I wasn't even attached to it I had like a head I had a heart I had a gut I had a body and they were all like disconnected doing different things you know and it was like meditation that really allowed me to like bring all of those pieces of the self together mm. and and sit and feel grounded by, by bringing those pieces together. So some of the resources for me have definitely been meditation, writing, self-talk, you know, um, exercise, uh, mm-hmm. going for a run, 
um, riding my bike, getting out in nature. Totally. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful ideas. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All great resources. And I like what you said, they're free, right? Yeah. You things don't mm-hmm. always have to cost, right? Sometimes, I mean, no. if things are really bad and those aren't working, um, maybe you mm-hmm. need to take it up a step. But the other thing, mm-hmm. yeah. But the other thing is, like, we go to therapy. It's amazing, but it's an hour. I have so much more of my life that I'm living outside of that yeah. hour. It's like, okay, what do I do yeah. in those other moments? <laughs> You know, where it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm falling apart. Okay. And I think that's an important piece, right? Like, is we still need to do our own work outside of our therapy sessions. Right. Absolutely. Like, that is so important. My first sessions, and I often give homework in my first sessions with my clients, but I always say, like, I'm a big homework person. It's up to you whether you do it or not, but I'm always going to suggest it because it's important that you um, not have to come here all the time. Like, eventually, Right. You can go live your yeah. life and not have to come here for support because you've got it all, right? You've practiced it. You've yeah. learning to care for the self. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. My turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so my resources and my resourcing always, I always think of it as anchoring. What can I anchor into? Mm-hmm. What do I know? What can I trust right now? What is truth right now? Um, and so I think a big one for me has been because I go to like that place of I don't deserve to live. Um, you know, I'm not good enough and, and, and all of this, like those really big, dark places. I look at the people. I'm like, okay, who loves me? Like, how, who loves me? Like if I could be in a room right now, like I'm just going to, so I'll close my eyes and I'll just envision all of the faces that I know love me unconditionally. And they're the people who have supported me in my messiest moments. And that is mostly my, my friends, right? Some of my closest friends. And I'm like, Hey, I need to just anchor into that love because I can't give it to myself right now. I'm going to anchor it from someone else. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is a big piece for me. Um, another resource is I will call someone if I find that I really need, cause yeah, I know Vicky's clapping. <laughs> it took me a long time to get there cause I, I isolate very well. And so when I'm feeling that place where I, I'm going down this, this dark to a dark place, I'm like, Hey, I need some help and support here. So I call, I will call someone that I know can be meet me exactly where I'm at. Um, writing is a big one for me. I journal a lot. Um, that's a, been a big one. I process so much while writing and I can, I can take myself through a dilemma to the other side in my writing. That is a really big piece. And working out is a really big one for me. I love working out. I love running. So moving my body and moving that energy and this, the stagnant emotions that might be kept inside is a really big piece for me as well. You haven't, you know, it's funny. I haven't danced in so actually I don't dance that much anymore. And so that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to give that some thought. What's going on there? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. 
what's happening that Arianne's not yeah. dancing in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, singing actually is, I've been doing that more. That's interesting. Yeah. I was walking Luna this morning singing with my earbuds and I'm like, fuck people. I'm so sorry around me, but like this is happening. I actually have that on my intake. Like I ask like what kind of creativity or expression um, do you do or whatever. And I have singing, even if it's only in the shower is what I have on my intake. Oh, funny. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, what else is, uh, trying to think of something else for me is with my dog, with Luna. Pets can be an Um, amazing resource. Yeah. So just, I will hold her much to her chagrin (laughs) and (laughs) I will actually just like hold her to me, excuse me, and just touch her. Like just, I'll just hold her and be like, what am I feeling right now? And then I'll be like, how much can I love you right now? And this is something actually, now that I'm thinking about, that is new for me because I'm really trying to move into a place of radical self-love is because what I'm learning is self-love for me has always been, I either love myself fully or I don't, but I've missed the gray. And I think that we live in a society that is very much like self-love, self-love, but what about the times where you actually aren't there? And so a part of my resourcing is, Okay, I'm judging myself here right now. I'm feeling really poorly about myself, but how much can I love myself here? 4%? Got it. And so I'm going to be in that 4% right now. And that actually seems to shift the whole experience for me. You know, if I'm work, I was working out recently and I've gained some weight because of my hormone replacement therapy or my perimenopause. No. And I've really, it's been really hard on me. And so I was working out and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, like that wasn't there before. And I'm like, nope, Uh, I live in that place enough. So like how much can I love myself in this place where I'm noticing the parts of myself that I don't love? Right. Totally. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then instantly I started crying because I was like, oh, shit, I love myself so fucking much right now. I was just like... Here I am working out crying because I just all of a sudden was like, I fucking love myself. And I went from like that big judgment to just really loving myself. And it was just such a shift for me. So that is something I'm playing with a lot right now. And I'm probably going to bring into a huge part of that into my coaching practice too, because it's, I'm I'm noticing a huge difference. So that is a big resource for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is kind of there as well. And a little bit, but I think a little bit differently. It's like right. challenging. I'm challenging. I'm challenging the talk. I'm not just soothing because soothing self-talk doesn't work for me. It It's just not my, it just does not work for me. It's like, how can I reframe this right now? And, and what, what is also here? Right. You need I'm a call to this to see. I, I mean, yes, because you know me. I need a call to action. Return on investment. (laughs) Return on investment, call to action is my world. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My people know me. (laughs) Yeah. For myself, some of the resources. um, Are you sorry? Were there more there? 
Okay. I know I'm uh, I just wanted to add yeah, a little bit good. of yeah. like some of the resourcing that I do because it changes um, for me as well. Mm-hmm. So like when I first started my journey, um, resourcing really centered around my painting. So I would paint um, and like all night or, you know, um, I would do four paintings in one week, right? Like it was something that was really helpful in my journey. And then I just stopped painting and then I went to writing and that became a new resource for me. And I started writing poetry and journaling and steady stream of conscious writing. And, and then it moved to sketching and drawing. And then it moved to a combination of writing and sketching. Right. So it was like it, my resources evolved over time and, um, and, also given circumstances, right? So my resources when uh, this past year, when I've been, um, my physical health has been an issue and I haven't been able to do things like working out, which I completely miss, um, or even like going for a walk. I haven't been able to take my dog for a walk. So my son and husband have been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my resources had to change. And some of that is just visualizing it. Right. So I would visualize being with my, you know, dog Zoe taking her for a walk or visualizing Mm -hmm. my peaceful place where like through my EMDR training, we work on resource tapping. So that has evolved into more of um, rather physically doing something and more imagining it and visualizing it and kind of that meditative place and the tapping and you know so it's it's really interesting to kind of look back and see tuning in to the resource that best fits where you're at Mm -hmm. that calls to Mm. yeah 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 that makes sense Mm -hmm. I love that because that's the thing is it it can change and shift and we just need to go with it right and that's checking in with the self like Mm -hmm. tuning in like you said tuning into what's needed and giving ourselves maybe in that moment, what we didn't get when we were younger. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Okay. We We got to wrap this up. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to, but it's so good. Jody. I know I could be here forever. I could just hang out with you two forever. (laughs) Oh, Okay. Jody, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having yeah. me. I love having these conversations with you guys. They're enlightening and meaningful and educational and all the things you want from a good conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank I feel you. the same with you coming in and bringing your your experiences and your expertise and yeah. your wisdom. You have so yeah, much your heart, to offer. Your soul. Like I, just, I feel so honored yeah. to, yeah. Uh, you know, start forming this relationship with you because you're you're awesome i'm just gonna say you're awesome (laughs) (laughs) i love that i appreciate that thank you love happening yeah yeah Yeah. all right okay to listeners we hope that you are taking care of you Right. Looking at after your mental health, whatever that is. And we hope that you gained something from this, uh, this episode that you can potentially bring into your life to enrich the life that you so deserve mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. Okay. 
So until next time, be well, be safe, and sending you all a lot of love. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Relationships Reclaimed. You can reach myself, Vicki Wilburn, on my website, masterpiececounseling.com. This is Ariane, and you can find me at ariannemore.com, on Instagram at Life Coach, and you can request to join the Tribe of Empowered Goddesses on Facebook. 